0: iPods, iPhones, iPads. Apple's lowercase i moniker is ubiquitous today. Everybody knows what it means, but it all started with the release of Apple's first iProduct in 1998, the iMac. Apple Keynote Chronicles is made possible by our awesome friends at Linode. Simplify your infrastructure and cut your cloud bills in half with Linode's Linux virtual machines. To put it simply, if it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Hey guys, how are you all doing? If you're new here, welcome. My name is Crazy Ken and welcome back to Apple Kino Chronicles. And today, as always, I'm joined by Brad. Brad, thanks for being my co-host on this amazing show. Thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, <laughs> we are, hey. I am happy to be here. <laughs> we're both those. <laughs> we're both kind of like Apple tech nuts. We like the stock. Definitely, we like definitely Apple delightful. We're yeah. definitely delightful. We haven't mentioned that on the show yet. One of our viewers said uh, the show was definitely delightful. So that's like our own version of Steve Jobs, insanely great. Yep. We are definitely delightful.
1: There we go. That that de- definitely delightful duo. The
0: triple D. There you go. It. The triple D. <laughs> So we have a huge event to cover today we're gonna be talking about the reveal of Apple's first iProduct, the iMac. This is a computer Apple still sells today. In fact, they just released the brand new, all new design iMac. So this is still a product they love and sell. So yeah, spoiler alert, it's been very successful. But we'll talk about the origin story and the first ever keynote announcement of it today. But first, let's quickly cover two events that happened before the iMac event. That would be Macworld, San Francisco, 1998, and the Sabled seminar in New York, 1998. And these will lead up to the iMac event. So as usual with these older Macworld keynotes, Colin Crawford, the president and CEO of Mac Publishing would come on stage and he'd summarize what's been going on. And he talks about things we talked about in the last episode. At this time, Steve Jobs is the interim CEO. I think later they call him the iCEO. I don't remember when exactly they started using the lowercase i in there. <laughs> but Apple doesn't have a true CEO just yet. Colin invites Steve on stage and he presents a Macworld award to him. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like some little award thing. Steve <laughs> Steve, Steve seems, he's like, okay, kind of smiling, whatever. So he presents the award to him and hey, guess what? It looks like Steve has a turtleneck on now and a beard. I <laughs> guess he's still experimenting with the look.
1: It's still experimenting. We'll see it go back and forth a few times even mm-hmm. in this episode.
0: Then he does another steve That mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're calling them. These like little quirks or whatever. Whatever you want to say that Steve does. We'll call him Steve-isms. This is another thing that I don't remember seeing him do in the other recordings, but he does it a lot from here on out for sure. He like brings his hands together near his face kind of like mm. this. Yeah, you see that a lot, right? He's like, like that. So... Steve recaps the November 10th announcement, which we talked about in the last episode. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Big things though. The PowerPC G3 chip was announced for the first time. The online store was introduced for the first time. The build to order configuration, stuff we use all the time now with Apple's website. Everyone's got an online store now. This stuff was talked about with Apple launching it for the first time in 1997 at this other keynote and the new factory to keep the inventory more managed, to build these computers to order, BTO, build to order configurations. Those were the big things Jobs talked about in the November 10th announcement. And he's just kind of summarizing them right now for those who weren't there. But and again, he's
1: still using the descriptor of screaming and hot. Screaming
0: and hot. <laughs> those are like the, the big buzzwords there. So then uh, Steve shows a few quotes about the new Macs. Business Week said these Macs are built for speed. They can match and often beat the speediest Pentium 2 PCs. That was a big thing. The G3 was pitted against the Pentium 2 by Apple a lot. CompUSA, Apple was now in CompUSA doing a store within a store. Mac sales went from 3% of total CompUSA computer sales all the way up to 14% now, just in a month from November to December, it went from three to 14%. So big jump there. And Steve reiterates on the Think Different campaign. This was the big advertising campaign. Those are famous words. You know, here's to the crazy ones, the Misfits, the Rebels. That was the Think Different ad campaign. There's billboards and all this stuff too. And he was talking about these jokes because they're being parodied. And if you're being parodied, like you've clearly made a statement. So he shows ABC, says Think Dharma for Dharma and Greg, and pop culture is just kind of uh, adapting to it. Well,
1: uh, I mean, He's right. You can tell he's taking some delight in the fact oh, that, yeah, you know, totally. um, uh, what's the saying of uh, the, the greatest form of flattery is yeah, like, uh, like uh, the sincerest form of flattery. Imitation is the yeah. sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that he's taking glee in it. And he should because it obviously was an effective campaign because not only are there these two instances of seeing it parodied, mm-hmm. but within what he points out, 51 days of it being released into the world. That's an incredible amount of time. And there's not really, the internet's not as robust, especially for uh, ad campaigns and seeing that type of stuff. You're not seeing it in your Facebook feed at the time. Yeah,
0: definitely not Facebook. That wasn't around which you know might have been a nicer thing about the past. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so then a couple other updates here again. This wasn't a huge event, but it is still some important things in here. He talks about 3 million sales of macOS 8 and I found it interesting that he says System 8 He doesn't say Mac OS 8 all the time. Sometimes he says System 8, like System 7, even on the box said System 7, but for System 8 on the box it said Mac OS 8, but uh, I guess that was like an internal beta name or something like that. But the reason why I want to talk about this is because on a technical level, this was actually a really important feature. In fact, this is something I was tussling with with some of my external hard drives a while ago because I was having some data issues so I had to do some reformatting and restoration from backups and stuff, but it has to do with this macOS 8.1 added a critical feature that's still available in macOS today. HFS Plus, which is optimized for larger disks. There was HFS Plus and HFS Plus J now, or some people call it JHFS. It was the default Mac file system format for a hard disk drive, all the way up to macOS High Sierra, where it was replaced by APFS, Apple file system in 2017. I'm not a technical expert, so I can't always explain what exactly the difference between file systems and hard disk drive formats are, but I did do an explainer video a while ago that talks about APFS. I do have a link for that in the show notes as well. But yeah, HFS Plus was the default for a long time and it's still an option in macOS. It's just not a default thing for file systems. He also announces Internet Explorer will be the default browser in macOS 8.1. So that's the first macOS release where it's actually set as the default. But he's like, you can go back to Navigator if you'd like, get some applause there. (laughs) Again, part of the Microsoft deal. We cover that in episode four. And then he talks about QuickTime 3.0. Steve was talking about core focuses a couple episodes ago. Like they want to focus on where Apple's strong and QuickTime makes sense because video. And obviously nowadays, tons of people do video stuff on Macs and iPhones and QuickTime is still the foundation of that. And QuickTime 3.0 was a good focus for him. And he talks about focus and he's like, oh, I still get hate mail about canceling OpenDoc, which we covered in episode three. There were some people asking about that. I still can't explain what OpenDoc even is I still don't get it. But it was one of those like Apple collaboration partnership technologies that was being worked on when jobs wasn't at Apple jobs comes back. And that's one of the things they kill off. But QuickTime 3.0 introduced something we talked about in the last episode, the compatibility with QuickTime VR, you can use the QuickTime VR authoring tools to make those 360 rotations. So you can go inside the store virtually and look around virtually kind of like Google Street View for stores. But this was 1997.
1: You know, this all ties into that'll become something later. But Steve, obviously a little enamored with like video and showing off that type of tech and all that like that's why they pushed out of uh, the iLife suite it started oh, with yeah. iMovie yep. iTunes uh, was a secondary thought type thing he's always kind of pushing the video stuff but yeah I think he was excited I mean he was excited to demo the thing in this one here um and it is a really cool feature for back then mm-hmm
0: So then speaking of demos, Jobs talks about how developers are important, software is crucial, and part of that Microsoft deal was the meaningful partnerships and the commitment to release Microsoft Office on the Mac for the next five years. So that would be from 1997 to 2002, but clearly it's been longer than that now because you still can get Microsoft Office on the Mac. So one of the things was, Microsoft Office 98 for the Mac was supposed to be kind of exclusive, have some features that you couldn't get on the Windows version. So, Ben Waldman from Microsoft came up and did a demo of this new version of Microsoft Office for the Mac. And can we talk about this guy's waistcoat for a second? It was wild <laughs> it was wild like i was almost thinking of like some alice in wonderland thing like i don't know oh, if it was yeah. like picture like half of his body has like on the waistcoat like a giant like clock printed on it it was kind of it, it looks like cool something that, like a batman villain would oh, wear yeah, or something you know
1: like uh, i'm the timekeeper batman <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool looking waistcoat. So he comes up and does this demo and he starts with like a basic thing, like, hey, you can install it by putting in the CD, you pick up the folder from the CD and drag it to your hard disk. That's how you install Microsoft Office. And it's been like that with software before, like even just, I remember when I'm a kid, like I have my Tonka CD and on like the CD, it has the instructions for installing on Mac and installing on Windows. It's like seven steps on Windows and on the Mac it's like two steps. You just drag the icon to where you want. And that's how it is a lot today for Mac software. You know, if you're not installing from the app store, you usually download a DMG. You open up the DMG, what does it say? Drag the Dra- application, drag, yeah. Yeah, drag this icon to the app folder. And it's like so easy to install on a Mac. And it was even like that back in the nineties, easy. Even in the eighties, basically how it was. And then another thing he shows is the office assistant. It's like this virtual little assistant that comes out. It looks like a Macintosh. He's got like arm. He got. He's, he has legs. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you're like writing something, it can help you out and make suggestions. It's kind of like Clippy. Do you Clippy. remember Microsoft yeah. Office Clippy? He's kind of like infamous for being so annoying. Like, <laughs> I remember even like using Microsoft Office, I'll be typing like Dear Karen and Clippy will pop up and be like, hey, it looks like you're writing a letter. And it gives you like these like template things. It's like, that stuff drives me crazy. But, uh, <laughs> we all love you, Clippy even though they killed you off. RIP. Rest in pieces. <laughs> so then the demos continue and this caught me by surprise. Kevin Lynch came on stage to demo Macromedia Dreamweaver. You know where we see him nowadays? Mm. You recognize his face and name? No. He is the Apple Watch guy now. So in an Apple event, it's the same guy. He demos the Apple Watch stuff now. He was at Macromedia back in the day, just a lot younger looking. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. he's now the VP of technology at Apple. And in 2013, he worked primarily on Apple Watch. So then Steve plays a video showing all the software on the Macintosh, with lots of products, lots of developers. It's crazy, because like six months ago, Apple was in like such a pit here. And now it's like, they have all these great developers pushing stuff new computers, new meaningful partnerships. It's crazy how much got turned around in six months. And uh, I I think it's funny because like, I was just like binge watching Shark Tank reruns and freaking Kevin O'Leary is in this video because of the learning company. (laughs) Yep, there
1: he is. And he's the least awkward person in the video. Everyone else in
0: the, the funny thing, he looks exactly the same as he does now. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. He's the least awkward person in the video. Everyone else is probably not used to being on camera. You know, Mr. Wonderful is on camera, especially now. He's on camera all the time, so.
1: And this is a very like 90s promo video too. There's so many like zooms and pans and. Funk edits.
0: It's so uh, 90s. We have links in the descriptions in the show notes for these keynotes. Go check them out.
1: It's different, uh. too, than, yeah, yeah, in, like, uh, one of the previous episodes we did where they had the video with the new board of directors that came on. Mm-hmm. That was very 90s, but in kind of, like, a classic way. I was like, oh, this is kind of good. I like this style. And this one's kind of, this video is 90s in, like, a Capri Sun <laughs> <laughs> ad kind of way.
0: Because you're talking about the video where it was, like it was really simple. Like there was no music or crazy yeah, angles. Yeah. That was the board of directors one. But yeah, this one, you're right. It is totally like funky 90 caprice. <laughs>
1: It's just like it's like it's just it's got it almost feels like an SNL skit. It's like you know it's very '90s like and oh how it's shot. And then some of these guys are where people would get the idea of like computer nerds or awkward on camera or something yeah, like yeah. that. And some of them feel like, what the heck am I supposed to do here?
0: They're dropping the box or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, there were some outtakes. That yeah. Kept them, yeah. So then Steve Jobs wraps up and says, oh, I forgot something, one last thing. And it's like, oh, this is kind of like mm. the beginning of another steveism the one more thing tease. It's not like refined just yet, but we'll get there. It feels like it's ending and then he'll be like, oh wait, I got something. And he
1: smiles. He's got a big smile on his face, like, as if it kind of like how he would later on with the, uh, oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I thought this was interesting. He's, like, doing the one more thing thing, and then he, like, stops talking. Like, someone's, like, yelling from the audience. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I
1: was gonna call it out, too, because it is very weird and awkward. And I actually thought he held his composure, like, really good. I thought I heard the person. I thought you could hear him saying, I have it's something, like, I have a question. That's what I heard. Yeah.
0: yeah I have a question. Steve's just like he says
1: uh maybe after the show <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh there's some nice bloopers we'll have to cover later there's some fun ones where like a camera's not working and like he tosses it to someone in the audience and he's like this guy sounds like he can figure it out <laughs> just, well there,
1: there is some odd stuff in this one i think uh just just where that where the cameraman's pointing or they don't have an angle to cut to or something or it's on a demo and it just stays on like the black <laughs> background but uh Overall, I mean, it's pretty refined for what was probably mostly a live event.
0: Yeah. So then the last thing was he did a financial report. Q1, 1.575 billion revenue. And this part's more important, $45 million profit. So they really are turning the ship around. And what did they do about the water? They got the water out of there, plug the leak, turn (laughs) the ship around. So then I thought it was funny. At the end, the screen says think profit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, uh, and the thing he keeps pushing too is, wow, what they did in 51 days. Not only did they have an ad campaign that was so successful, it was getting out there and getting parodied in popular culture, but also they turned in a profit and people are excited about Apple computers again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really bigger picture, if you count the beginning of 1997, where Jobs was at that January macro keynote, this was only like a year later. So a lot of this stuff was being turned around in a year. And it's just amazing how much has happened, how he's been able to basically be this leader, this hero. You know, like we said in the other episode, Steve saves the day. (laughs) Although he does end it on kind of
1: a bit of a, you know, a warning saying
0: like, historically, Apple's quarter two has been its worst. Oh yeah, yeah. So one more event I just want to quickly cover before we get to the main meat of today's episode is the Sable seminar in New York, 1998. So we're just gonna kind of quickly buzz through it because it kind of helps set the stage for some things. So they show some ads, including one I talked about in a previous episode, a Pentium 2 on a snail, to show how slow it is compared to the G3. And Steve is on stage and it looks like his look is getting dialed in. He doesn't have a beard this time. And Sable, again, is mostly about publishing and pre-press and stuff like that. The Mac is huge in the publishing market. So they're gonna talk about some publishing centric technologies that are still used today. And one of them was ColorSync and colors can vary between different displays. And especially when pre- Printed. they can look different, but color sync helps you make sure colors are accurate and displayed properly across your different devices. And in the keynote recording that I found for this, the demo was cut out. I don't know why. So the color sync demo is just missing. So, oh well, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> and then he talks about some other core technologies, including WebObjects, which was acquired from Next and then QuickTime, which was not acquired from Next. That was actually a smart thing Apple was doing when Steve Jobs wasn't there. So now, we get into a new hardware product and i've never actually seen this reveal before. i've known of this product but until i did the research for this episode i haven't actually seen its initial introduction. the apple studio display. and what word does he use to describe it? this is very hot.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, hot. okay, yes. yes, hot. i was just what it was a very uh interesting way to debut it. i guess it's weird because steve did such a great job of introducing the first macintosh that the reveal of this and the reveal of the actual iMac, I felt they were still refining the process of a great reveal.
0: And this was a little before the iMac. Yeah,
1: and th- this is, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he kind of just grabs it from behind a table and like chucks Dude, it onto. <laughs> I
0: think I even made a note about that. Yeah, the reveal wasn't too suspenseful, but it was fun to see him pull it up from yeah. behind the podium. Yeah. He just puts it on there and he's like, "Can we get the lights down? Oh Can yeah, we get the lights down, please." Yeah,
1: that. Yeah, he loses it a little bit over. Yeah. Uh, that yeah yeah we gotta get the lights down so we can see like, how bright it is, is like, like, like stage lights <laughs> i mean i was just wondering like how useful is that gonna uh, be in an arena to take the lights down and yeah. to see the brightness of a tiny little
0: you know what it is was it, kind of yeah. yeah it was a bright display which is cool but it's like you got some people that are like a hundred or maybe even 200 feet away they're really not gonna see it even with the IMAG on the screen you point a camera at it like now you're only limited to the brightness of the projector you're really not gonna and this is i think where we see the evolution i think you could yeah. see yeah. Like Steve's a little frustrated
1: with how to demo this, how it went and trying to like show off to people now when they talk about something, they just talk about the nits and they show a little video and you have a real good idea of like, oh, based on the past, this might be how bright this one is. Yeah.
0: And there were maybe some rehearsal issues too. Like, you know, this wasn't like an Apple, Apple event. This was a sabled seminar that Mm Jobs was speaking at. So it wasn't really his house, so to speak. But in terms of the product itself, this was Apple's first standalone flat panel desktop display. It was 15 inches, 1024 by 768. And it was available in May for 1999. And he says, you're gonna be seeing a lot of this flat panel stuff. Oh yeah, (laughs) but definitely not in the iMac
1: (laughs) yet. (laughs) Have you seen one of those displays in person? It seems like it could live next to the 20th anniversary Mac. It kind of has a little bit of that design language. I don't know if Johnny
0: Ive was involved in that. I'm pretty sure Johnny. I haven't researched this one, but here's the thing. This was like the first new product from Steve Jobs' return that was revealed because everything else, again, was kind of like the same case with new internals. This was like the first new design to come out of Apple ever since Jobs came back. And it was very likely just like how the iMac was a Jobs-Ive collaboration. Cause Ive was at Apple before Jobs came back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can kind of s- get a sneak peek of what the iMac might look like by looking at the design of this display because it wasn't some like beige thing. Like, it was kind of cool looking. Was it like blue or something like that? I haven't seen blue one in person. Blue or space gray kind of ish, uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen one of these in person. I don't have one in my collection. But anyway, yeah, it, it looked pretty cool. It had like that semi-transparent look too. I was wondering what connector it would have used back then. It used DB15 in the first version, which makes sense because it was older, then VGA in the revision B, and then DVI in the revision C, and it had Apple Desktop Bus on it. So it looked like it also acted as like a hub. I clearly don't know much about these things because yeah, I've never I, had I mean, one in mean, my I I, I, I,
1: That was actually, I'm bringing it up just because I've never seen or heard of this device before watching this.
0: It looks cool though. It's kind of like a graphite blue, like see-through kind of design.
1: Yeah, for the time it's it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty it's wicked. actually neat and there's that many revisions. What year did that finally get killed off? When was that around until?
0: It looks like it was discontinued in July two thousand. And it was available in blue, blueberry, and graphite. So that there explains the three colors there. Blueberry. Yeah, blueberry was like, you know, the iBook clamshell, that kind of blue uh, color. Yeah, the rubber. Yeah, yeah. So they also said they're introducing a FireWire card, which we'll talk a lot more about FireWire in the future. That was a huge thing for the world of video and desktop video editing. Then Steve quite passionately talks about how fast the G3 is compared to the Pentium II. And he talks about a little bit of like the megahertz kind of myth thing again, about like, this is a higher megahertz, this is faster, but not always. So he was kind of dispelling some of that stuff. So then he brought, who else? Phil Schiller up for a, what they call a (laughs) 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 bake-off. And they were trying to sell the point that the Power Mac was faster at half the price. So then Jobs announces a 300 megahertz G3, which is 20% faster than the 266. And then another one, which isn't even available for purchase yet. It's a tech preview a 400 megahertz G3 processor using copper technology. And then again, he's poking fun at Intel. They're doing this bake off the speed test to see which computer's faster. You can see it. The G3 is way faster than the P2. I still think it's just so funny that they roast Intel and then they end up switching to Uh. Intel for their (laughs) Macs like five years later.
1: Yeah, now that you say it, I I kind of forgot about that ad campaign. I do remember that being on TV. The the snail or which one? No, the one where they were cooling off the fire extinguisher on the, Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That was another one they did. They got that in the demos trying to play it as a quick time video on the internet speeds.
0: That's right, yeah. So then, I think we talked about this in the last episode, after they do the demo, what do they say? You want to see that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's like some awkward silence and stuff sometimes, but uh, this one was hilarious because Steve didn't know how to do the demo again. It oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Phil's guiding him through. it.
1: I also thought it was funny with uh, Phil like chiming in as like he was the pitch man for whatever the PC. You know, oh Steve, yeah, it was kind kinda of like I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Like yep. Steve, you know, Phil would get in there and be like, "Well, I we're operating this. At, we got this uh, fastest
0: yeah. Pentium." It's just so funny, yeah, like their microphones were on and Steve is just like, I wanna go to image, right? (laughs) No, file, file. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was the sabled seminar, pretty fun. Again, links are in the show notes if you wanna watch those fun moments on tape. So now we're getting to the main meat of today's episode, the first, iMac reveal, but I also like to talk about my friends. So we're gonna be talking about Linode for a bit here because they are awesome and they helped make this podcast possible and they helped it get off the ground. These guys have also helped us with the Computer Clan YouTube channel. They've sponsored some of our stuff. I've been working with them for, man, it's probably been about two years now. They're super nice guys and they have this cool product called Linode. So you can simplify your infrastructure and cut your cloud bills in half with Linode's Linux virtual machines. Develop, deploy and scale your modern applications faster and easier. So whether you're developing that personal project or managing larger workloads, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions. So here's the deal. You can get started with Linode today with hundred dollars in free credit just for listening to this podcast. It's the easiest hundred dollars you'll ever make, right? So you can find all the details at linode.com computer clan. The link is in the show notes. And another cool thing is Linode has data centers around the world with the same simple and consistent pricing regardless of location. So basically you can just choose the data center nearest to you. And you also receive 24 seven, 365 human support with no tiers or handoffs, regardless of your plan size. You can also choose shared and dedicated compute instances, or you can use your hundred dollars of credit on S3 compatible object storage. There's that word objects again, Steve Jobs really liked that when he worked at Next. (laughs) Or you can also spend it on managed Kubernetes and more. To put it simply, if it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Visit linode.com slash computer clan and click on the create free account button to get started. So now we get to the main course of this episode. The stage is set, Apple's getting back on track, the OS is in place, the G3 hardware is in place, the new online ordering is in place, BTO, not the rock band, build the order, is in place. We're ready to go with an all new, completely redesigned product and a completely revamped product strategy. So there was an Apple special event In May 1998, I believe it was called back on track. It was like the back on track event. And Steve's in a suit this time, no turtleneck. He's like in kind of like a suit now. Yeah, the the, the fashion experimenting. There, it
1: yeah, it feels like maybe he was trying to dress up for this, you know, big event. It's kind of also Could a be. bit like what the younger Steve Jobs would wear. He would wear the suit, a button up all the way to the top uh, mm-hmm. with like no tie, I think, or something. Or maybe he had a white, where it's all white and just the suit coat. But either way, it's not quite the look. It looks like he's trying to, it just feels a little uh, it doesn't have that casual, loose vibe of future Steve notes. Yeah,
0: but. He, he's still experimenting, right? <laughs> yep. So we're back at the Flint Center. This is where the original Macintosh was introduced. And this was an event that was actually covered in the Fosbender Steve Jobs movie. But I don't know if they just did it this way just to shake up the locations. They actually filmed it at another venue. But in real life, it took place at the Flint Center. So Steve opens up and he's saying it's been 10 months since a new management team has taken over. Apple is back on track. There's some awesome applause there. That's great. And he's like, we're gonna roll out the whole new product strategy today and new products. Talks about the company. We have. great people here the attrition rate is down from 33% to 15%. And while he's talking, I think this is the first time visually we see like a picture in picture format where Steve Jobs is like in a little video square and it like shows the slide deck next to him. They do that in tons of future keynotes.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I must have not registered that That yeah. uh, it's one of the first uses of
0: it. I think it was, cause I don't remember seeing it in the other tapings, but I'm sure you remember they do that like in a ton now. They haven't oh, done yeah. it recently, but mm-hmm. they did it for like tons of Steve notes. It's just an interesting visual thing that you'll see come up a lot. You talks about how the Mac market share is up from 3.4% to 4%, pretty decent jump for what? Like 10 months of new management, over a hundred million dollars in profit in the last six months. And their market value jumped from 1.8 to 3.8. So they're doing pretty well for less than a year turnaround. So now we get to a cool visual part, the two by two product grid. He calls it business school 101. So again, Jobs is shrinking down the product line by 70%. He's like, let's keep it simple. He shows a two by two grid, we have a consumer desktop and a consumer portable and a pro desktop and a pro portable. Four great products, that's all we need. And he says the pro desktop right now is the Power Macintosh G3 Mini Tower, which we talked about in the last episode. They sold over 500,000 in six months. The Pro Portable is the new PowerBook G3, which we did talk about that in the last episode, but they actually updated it. They like upgraded the processor. They tweaked the keycaps a bit.
1: They had a weird thing
0: with these ports and you could put up to two
1: batteries in it. Oh
0: yeah, it had, like the bays you can yeah, like, swap out. Yep, uh, it had like some modular bays on it. And what word does he use to describe it? It is hot. <laughs> That's just one of those things. Like he says, hot is like one of the Steve-isms as we like it to say You could also here. say it's thick. That was a thick computer, it looked it, like. It was thick, it was thick, yeah. But you know, 1998. Well, you know why it's thick? Because it eats Pentium notebooks for breakfast. <laughs> That's right. That's the shark, the famous shark picture on the screen. That was even called out in the movie, in the Fassbender movie. Yeah, so it was available in a 12.1 inch 800 by 600, a 13.3 inch 1024 by 768, and at 14.1 inch at 1024 by 768 screen configurations. And again, it had those modular bays. Then Steve says the consumer portable will be announced in 1999, so a little bit of a cliffhanger. We don't get to see it yet. Of course, we know what it is now. We'll cover it in a future episode. Then he introduces the consumer desktop product, which is Apple's first i-product, iMac. So the goal of this was he wanted to create a marriage of the excitement of the internet with the simplicity of Macintosh, because the number one reason, according to their studies and their research, that consumers wanted to buy a computer was to get online. And This was 1998. The internet wasn't super widespread or super mainstream or super easy to get onto, so Apple wanted to make that push to make it easier. That was one of the big focuses of the iMac. Did you not
1: think that the release of it was a little anticlimactic for like, you know, just kind of how different... It just seems like Steve hadn't quite perfected that great reveal because he introduces it by talking about it and throwing up text and slides first and then revealing the product at which point the the reveal is only looking face on you don't see the beautiful translucent back and everything like that I feel like where they went to later which is they reveal the product or they show it in a video or something first and then they go welcome introducing iMac and then there's a big round of applause and then he starts talking about this stuff this is just kind of like like a backward reveal yeah
0: it's different now. They were probably still dialing in their format. Yeah, I mean, I guess they kind of just wanted to do like they did with the Macintosh. They were like, we've just seen some pictures of Macintosh. Now I want to show you it in person. Like they did talk about it before they did the actual well, review He part.
1: does the great thing. I mean, when they bring out the wireless camera and they just show the back, I just felt mm. like that's what I wanted to see first. And
0: that totally makes sense. Cause like nowadays that's how they do it. Like when Tim Cook did the Mac Pro, like mm-hmm. the lights all went down and like it came out on stage and then they talked about the details. Yeah, I kind of like that better But yeah, you know, 20 years ago or so, they just didn't have that format down.
1: But it's interesting. And he introduces it as, and we forget at the time, the I, he talks about that they talked with consumers and the number one Mm -hmm. reason that they wanted a computer for was something to access the internet with. That would be fast, easy, you know, affordable. And uh, how big of a deal that was at the time. And that this could do that.
0: That's where the I thing all started from. Internet. It stood for other things too. He shows a slide Mm -hmm. where it's like, it stands for individual, instruct, inform, inspire. But this was the genesis of the I moniker that is still used today. Apple doesn't really release new products with I in it, but they still have I products. iCloud, iPhone, iPad, iMac. But I think that's- iCloud, yeah. Yeah, they- I think iCloud was the last new i product they introduced because then they kind of stopped doing that because now they use the Apple prefix: Apple Pay, mm-hmm. Apple Music, Apple Watch, Apple Fitness. They don't say iFitness, Fitness. You
1: know. Oh my gosh! Now I have anxiety. When is the i going to be discontinued eventually? And it just becomes Apple
0: Phone. Yeah. Uh, Apple Mac. Apple. <laughs> yes, that'd be Tim I Apple. I don't know Tim <laughs> Apple. <laughs> So anyway, I still like the way he does the presentation here because he's like, what should it be? He's kind of like painting a picture. Again, this is before he visually shows the iMac. He's like, what could it be? Kind of leaves your imagination to wander a little bit. And he's like, we're going to compare it to a typical consumer PC. What are these PCs like? They're slow, 13 to 14 inch displays, likely no networking and old IO. And these things are ugly. The iMac should have a G3 processor at 233 megahertz, a 15 inch CRT at 1024 by 768, 32 megabytes of RAM, four gigabyte hard disk, 24 times CD-ROM drive, 100 megabit ethernet, 33.6 kilobit modem, which actually got upgraded to a 56K later when they released it, but they announced it at 33.6, and a four megabit infrared sensor so you can beam files in. Do you use AirDrop? Oh yeah. Yeah, this was kind of like AirDrop's great grandfather where you can just use wireless like infrared to beam a file into it. Back
1: in my day, we beamed. We beamed rather than (laughs) drop, (laughs) I have never
0: actually used the infrared port on my old iMac, but they got rid of it in the future revisions. So I guess nobody really used it. This was a big one, USB. The first Mac with USB. Two of them, two ports, 12 megabits per second. Wasn't the first computer on the market with USB, but considering the iMac sold millions within the first like two and a half years, it was definitely one of those computers that got it out to the consumers more. So yeah, dual USB, 12 megabit per second ports, stereo speakers. And what Steve Jobs said, a great, great keyboard and mouse. Keyboard, yes. Color matched keyboard. He said the coolest mouse you've ever seen. And then later, <laughs> yeah, later, he's like, this is the coolest. But we don't see it yet. So then he walks over. Like the iMac is on the stage this whole time. It's just under the black cloth, which I really love. He pulls it off. And then this demo starts playing, like the hello text shows up or it says iMac. That's what it says. And then like the loud music starts pumping and there's like this drum solo. What's <laughs> going on. It's like gonna turn into a stomp show or something. Then it says hello. in like the original Macintosh looking like script. And then below it, it says again, which I think is so cool. And then cheers erupt. It's so freaking awesome. And like today with like the new iMac, the 2021 iMac, I love how they paid homage to the whole hello thing. Like it's even on the packaging. You set up the computer, the setup assistant writes the words, hello, just like the original Macintosh demo. It's so cool that today they're throwing back to the hello script from the old Mac days.
1: It's really cool. It feels just as fresh and friendly. It's fresh as, as it yeah, did totally from the beginning to the, again, to today reinventing itself. We were talking about, it. it's almost like this is an interesting one because the new iMac that just came out is almost like, is this a cycle? It feels fun and fresh just like this was, you know? Back then there was nothing else that looked like this.
0: Yeah, cause yeah, it's kind of interesting cause like there were these colorful iMacs and then they were white and then silver and now we have color again. Will there be a time where it kind of just goes back to white and silver or something? I don't know, maybe. But anyway, now they bring out the wireless camera The iMac is revealed. They walk around it. It's this like egg bubble shaped, translucent sea green. Cool looking
1: computer. It looks really cool. I mean, and again, trying to put yourself back in the mindset of there was just nothing that looked like this. And we'll
0: talk about the uh, origins of like the design and the behind the scenes in a bit too. And I actually did an episode about the evolution of the iMac. So go ahead and check that out. The link is in the show notes. It kind of takes you through how the design changed through time and it tells you the origin story. But yeah, so now he's walking around the computer. The cameraman is following him. This is when Jobs picks up the mouse and shows it to the camera. we got the coolest mouse yep. on the planet right yep. here. The circular mouse. Did you like it? That little circular, like carpal tunnel? No,
1: we've talked about it before. I mean, <laughs> it, it, he, he is right. It was the coolest looking mouse. It definitely looked interesting. But trying to practically use it, especially as a video editor... Uh, that that shape was not conducive to using eight hours plus a day every single day.
0: I haven't researched the origin of it, but there was a next mouse from Steve Jobs' next company that was a circle. Pretty sure that's where it came from. Yeah, that was a mouse. There was an accessory that actually made it more mouse shaped. You can like attach it and it made it more mouse shaped. I have one. (laughs) All the connections, like you can plug things in behind the door, the iMac had this door that folded down where you can plug everything in. I personally didn't like that. I thought it was an extra step. It was kind of annoying. The future iMacs don't have that door on there.
1: Did that first one too have even where the uh, cable from the mouse, the USB cable was actually clear and everything too? Yes,
0: this iMac did have like translucent keycaps, translucent mouse and keyboard chassis. Even, yeah, the cable was even see-through. And and
1: they did a great job at showing it off even though I don't think they nailed, they didn't reveal it in the same awesome way that they've learned to reveal stuff there. Once they do go to the wireless camera, the way the light is hit, it and everything. And I just can't imagine. And I mean, I remember seeing the commercials for this on TV and stuff back in the day and just being flabbergasted. Just being like, wow, that is just, I don't even know that I knew how to register. What no other was. computer
0: freaking looked like it at the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: and the choices, the the fact that like you could pick the color that relates to you most later. Yeah. Yes. Oh. It was only this one color at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
0: We will talk about the five flavors in a future episode. But that's cool because like that's what they're doing again. They have silver plus six colors. Another thing Steve Jobs specifically shows off as the handle. The handles are built into a lot of Apple products. The first Mac had a handle in it. It There's actually kind of a fun story about the handle, which we'll talk about in a bit. And one of the best Steve Jobs lines ever. The back of this thing looks better than the front of the other guys, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And it does, like even with that new iMac, like I just want to look at the back of it. It's so freaking pretty. And this was another fun moment. It looks like it's from another planet. A good planet. <laughs> yes.
1: I laughed out loud
0: at that one right <laughs> A there. planet with better designers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's one of those magic moments right there, I guess. That's if we're talking about Steve-isms or something too. Just a crack like that. It's like so funny and on point. And that is the world I want to live in. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the planet with good designers. And, mm-hmm. and that's what this is. That's where this computer blows you away. I mean, this is really the point of where we're talking about. It's not just a computer. It's a piece of art that you have it is. in your it's- house.
0: Even today, I love looking at the thing. Like, I was recently filming the iMac Evolution episode. Like, I was taking that thing apart and exploring the inside. Uh, Well, I had to because it wasn't booting up, so I had to reset the CUDA switch, which requires a few steps. Uh, But even, like, taking it apart and just exploring the inside of that thing is so much fun. It's just cool to put on a desk and look at. And
1: that's part of the thing. I guess this is introducing with the translucent. They weren't afraid to say, hey, look inside, because even the inside of this thing looks beautiful. Yes,
0: 100%. That was one thing talked about where it's like they put effort in. Into making the board look nice and having things arranged nicely and stuff like that. And the updated IMAX later had even more translucency. It wasn't frosted, it was like a clear see through. So they really wanted you to see the inside and how neat they made the inside. They had an uber attention to detail. But it was more expensive to manufacture those cases, but it clearly worked out. Like it made noise, like in the market, like it was what would you call it, like a shock factor or something. It was something that was like, bam, look at me. So Steve Wozniak and Mike Markala were in the audience as well, in addition to a Mike Scott. So I, I didn't know that the recording, it like jumps around. So I don't know if that was done to try to avoid like a copyright issue. Cause I've been yeah. noticing a lot of old Apple keynote videos are gone now. And if I have the link to them, it says this video was removed due to a copyright claim by Apple. So I guess Apple is filing copyright claims on old keynote videos. So hmm. this is all I have. It's like a partial recording. So you don't actually see that happen. I just know they were there, but you don't, I don't have a video of them being introduced, like he thanks them in the audience and stuff, but I have no footage of that. So how did the iMac come to be? Again, I did do an Evolution of iMac episode on Crazy Ken's Tech Talk. I highly recommend watching that. The footage in B-roll looks so beautiful, so go check that out. But for now, because we're an audio podcast, let's talk about the origin story a little bit here. So initially, well, again, this was a Jobs Ive collaboration. This was the first like all new design, Mac product and the new product strategy. But the initial plan was to have a network computer. Jobs was really big on networking. However, Oracle's Larry Ellison, he was on the board. He loved this idea. They basically wanted to make an inexpensive terminal that you can just use to connect to the internet. But then Fred Anderson, who was the chief financial officer for Apple at the time, he was like, put a disk drive in it, make it a full computer. If you're gonna make an inexpensive network term, just make it a computer while you're at it, just do it. And John Rubenstein, adapted the power macintosh g3 guts to fit in that imac because they still crammed a 233 megahertz power pc g3 in there and it had a cd-rom drive didn't have a floppy drive though i think this was the first mac without a floppy disk drive mm. but they were moving on it's just like macbook air boom kill the optical drive we got to move on do you know the story about the cd drive with the iMac? with the imac yeah no i don't think so steve jobs freaking hated it. I think this was during one of the rehearsals. He goes up to the iMac and he like hasn't seen a working prototype of this design apparently. And he presses the disc drive button and you know how it kind of goes like click and it pops out a little bit. He's like, what the F is this? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he wanted a slot load disc drive, kind of like in a higher end stereo or in a car. He wanted a slot load. He didn't want a tray load, but it's like, too late, (laughs) it's too late, no. But in the next generation, after they did the five flavors they did, the updated iMac and the iMac DVs, those had slot load disk drives, but this initial version had a tray load. The handle, we were talking about that earlier, it's useful because the thing weighs 40 pounds, so the handle is nice, but according to Johnny Ive, there was more of a a visual thing with it because he said it gives you permission to touch it. It's approachable. Mm. You know, not only does it look playful and have these colors and this translucency, but the handle says, "Like, hey, don't be afraid of me. You can touch me. I, I may be like a futuristic computer, but I'm not evil. You can touch me." That is interesting.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. even with the new iMac that just came out, it doesn't have a handle. You had to tell me, "Hey, try picking this up." Whereas, if it did have a handle, you would kind of naturally, yep, right, yep, go, mm, "Okay, uh, I can buy that reasoning." Yeah. yeah.
0: But it is pretty awesome when you lift up that new iMac. The first iMac weighed 40 pounds. The new iMac weighs 9.8. It's like holy crap.
1: Unbelievable. It's crazy.
0: So yeah, it had that see-through design. Johnny Ive described it. It's like a chameleon. It looks cool, but it's translucent. So it can kind of also adapt in a way to your environment. And it's very curvy. In fact, the manufacturer that worked with Apple on this, they went to a jelly bean factory to study how translucent colors work. It kind of looks like that. The iMac kind of looked like a big jelly bean. <laughs> it was more expensive to manufacture the case. Like we talked about earlier, it was about 60 bucks, which was about triple of what a typical like box beige computer case was. But like, dude, it clearly paid off. So like they just pushed that. They were like, no case studies, none of that stuff. We just got to do this. Like you said, the attention well, to detail.
1: Um, you know, one of the things that seems to have happened is Steve's ideal of this attention to detail that he had um, when he was first at Apple before he got fired. Quote, Quote fire. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, <laughs> pulled, yeah. be- sucked of all power. <laughs> yeah. Before he left Apple, before he was not at Apple for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had this attention to detail and he wanted to make the computer personal and speak to you see it with everything from that first uh, Macintosh reveal with the Hello and everything like that. But computers weren't ubiquitous yet. You know, part of what happened between this time is that it just worked out so well for Steve's vision of what a computer could be to. happen at this time because Microsoft became so big and so dominant and PCs and it became a race to the bottom and everything was cookie Mm. cutter and box. (laughs) You have to understand, like at the time where this was coming out, computers were just unexciting boxes that had zero personality. And this um, different type of actual personal computer or a computer with personality, this was the time for it. It couldn't have happened before because computers didn't become a boring house household thing yet. They needed to become that and then have this chance to explode with this new type of crazy uniqueness. Yeah.
0: Hey, you could buy a computer in any color you want as long as it was beige. (laughs) I forgot who coined that, but it's based off of Henry Ford. You could buy a car in any color you want as long as it's black. Mm -hmm. So Jobs needed a name for this thing. So he talked with the TBWA Chiat Day team, the same team that did the 1984 ad and the Think Different ad campaign. And Ken Sagal was actually the person, a guy named Ken, who suggested the name iMac. And Jobs didn't like it at first, but it grew on him. Do you know what one of the original names Jobs had for the iMac was? Uh, No, but I'd love to. (laughs) I kid you not. This is 100% real. Mac Man. Mac Man? Mac Man. (laughs) That was one of his
1: names. I'm just trying to...
0: Did it still look the same as it did now? He probably saw like a foam cutout or something at this time. I'm not sure, but he did not see the working prototype until the CD drive incident. So I don't remember when or like how it looked, but... Uh that's a bad name. That's a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, there were some issues with that. It sounds like Pac-Man first of all. Yeah, so. or Mega-Man. I was thinking yep. Mega-Man. Um, also it has man in it. It's like come on, let's make it, you know, not...
1: Well, and is it, is
0: it Mac comma? Is it mac No, it was... Man? Ca- it was... <laughs> Dude, you get in the Dell! <laughs> or Mac-Man. No, it was camel case like Macbook. It was M-A-C, you know, capital M-A-C, capital M-A-N. Yeah. Yeah. So that went out the, well, it actually almost didn't go out the window. Jobs was like, we're, we're gonna stick with this name unless you can think of something better, um, paraphrasing, but he was almost set on that. So yeah, Ken Segal iMac, he was the one that suggested it. Yeah. Thank you for saving you Ken. us that name. I, I can't use an iMan. I can't use an iMan Pro or a- you know. Even,
1: even iMan sounds better than <laughs> MacMan.
0: That's true. <laughs> oh man. So the iMac. This was like the computer that saved Apple, if you ask me. It was an all new computer to set up Apple for success. And this is just the beginning of Apple's revamped designs for the two by two product strategy. So we'll be covering more of that in the future. So what's next? We're gonna talk about WWDC and the official introduction of Mac OS X, which was Rhapsody. It evolved into Mac OS X and this sets up Apple for decades. In fact, Mac OS today is still based off of technologies that were introduced with it the operating system on the iPhone, the iOS stuff. Like it's all based off of this. This is part of the genesis of it. So we'll talk about Mac OS X with the official name being introduced for the first time at this WWDC keynote on the next episode of Apple Keynote Chronicles. So make sure you're subscribed and follow along for that. And if you like the show, feel free to leave a five-star rating. If you don't like the show, that's cool. You don't have to leave a rating. I'm just hoping if you've made it this far, you like us a little bit at least. And hey, if you want to listen to this ad-free, I do have an ad-free version of this podcast on Patreon, as well as a lot of other cool bonuses you get for a super cheap price. So go ahead and check that out. It's patreon.com slash crazykencrazy with a K. The link is also in the show notes. And also thank you, Linode, for helping make this podcast possible. To keep it simple, if it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode, so you can get that $100 of free credit, linode.com slash computer clan, or you can just click the link in the show notes there. So, Brad, thanks for being on this episode. Thanks for covering the iMac with me. Any, as Jerry Springer would say, any final thoughts? Do do you have my final thought?
1: (laughs) No, I think you're right. I think that uh, this is the beginning of whatever Apple... Became. Let me say it this way: This iMac is basically what started to bring me into the world of Apple. Like sure. I remember, you know, because even the um, the Power Mac G three and stuff, uh, you know, it's still as it is when we're talking about these. It still kind of looks like that beige it's, computer. It has thing. the same exterior. It doesn't have now. that wow factor. It's when this iMac came out. Um, and you know the future things around at the laptop that we'll talk about in the future <laughs> and everything. These are the things that drew my young mind into like, wow. They get you excited, yep. yeah. So yeah, what we've hit right now is really where my interest in Apple began. So I'm really excited to see where we go from here. Oh yeah.
0: And hey, it all worked out because the iMac sold 800,000 units by year end, which made it at that time the fastest selling computer in Apple's history. They broke a record. So lots of cool stuff coming up. Make sure you're subscribed and following along because we release a new episode every other Monday because we like to make your Monday a fun day. And also, this isn't the only thing I do. The Computer Clan does host a YouTube channel with new tech episodes that come out every other week on there. We have a lot of very fun stuff on there. Retro tech, new tech, knockoff tech, scam tech. The scam tech episodes, that's like our bread and butter. Those are really fun. So go ahead and check that out youtube.com slash computer clan. And until next time, there's not much else to say other than catch the crazy and pass it on.